At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Alan Parker said, sometimes, with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest is Farah, Farah Abushwisher. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, I'm very well. Um, you join a... Uh, a Illustrious alumni that includes much crossover with what we're going to talk about, which is kind of gratifying <laughs> from my end. Um, that is because we're going to talk about your book, A Guide to Low-Budget Filmmaking, uh, which is part of the uh, Rowcliffe Notes series. Now, I should, as part of, as part of uh, giving people some context for that, I should say that you founded the, uh, the BAFTA Rowcliffe New Writing Showcase and Competition, which... If, I, if I'm right, I'm thinking it's, what, four four times a year there's a call for scripts? Yeah, in, in four different mediums, TV drama, film, sitcom, and children and young uh, adults. Cool. And and 27th of August is the next opening, and that's for TV drama. So I'll put a link in the show notes so people can who are listening to this can follow up themselves. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess before we get into the book, uh, is... Out of interest, how many, how many submissions does does, does the uh, does, does each competition get, so to speak? Is it is it is it... it? It varies. We we get we get roughly about a thousand a year wow. across all, all of them, all four competitions. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Um, right then, and and the the book is is just, is a second book for you. Am I right in saying? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, the first book was a, a sort of a professional approach for screenwriters and writer directors, just about you know, not about the craft of writing, but more about, you know, how to get yourself out there, how to find an agent, what does a treatment look like, what does a synopsis, how do you write a cover letter, how to deal with rejection, um, about tenacity, about short films, about the experience of making a first feature. Um, you know, it crossed over many different sections, but I mean, I, I, you could call me a bit of a fraud saying when I wrote these books, I kind of curated them because... I interview lots of people and get them to share their experiences or their uh, opinions on a on a topic, and sometimes they they vary uh, quite differently. And I think that's really what the industry is about. But what I've tried to do is kind of mix in sort of my own experiences as a producer, 
because um, I've produced quite a lot of uh, film and TV, mm-hmm. and and bring what I know to the table because I remember, you know, if you don't, if you haven't got a film score, if you don't, you know, have connections and you're looking at this and you just want to make a film or you just want to write a script, it can sometimes seem like a, a really, you know, huge, massive kind of um, sort of clique in a way. Yeah. And, inaccessible and I just wanted to kind of demystify that because you know no one has to give you permission no 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 and I should I, should, I, should, I was going to get on to you, uh, you, you as you as a producer as well obviously uh, you were you were part of the uh, shared experience in my household at Christmas as the producer of ABC Murders um, that was uh, a fantastic uh, fanta- <laughs> a fantastic show uh, your first feature was Pressure um, which I've not seen yet so I will I will make sure to check that out yeah, um, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and and there's there's many others uh, on on uh, on on your IMDb list that uh, that we could list. Um, but obviously, that means you bring your own experience as well. And I was going to say because you, you write yourself in one of the sections, you say that it's it's about teamwork and uh, about making a film. But then I thought that actually applies. That feels like the spirit of that notion in filmmaking is what you apply to the book, really, don't you? Um, in a sense, when when you say you've not re- you, you don't think of yourself as authoring it, more like curating by uh, by talking to all these people. Yeah, but somebody has to take responsibility, and the buck stops with the producer, mm. really, in terms of managing the budget and driving the project forward. Mm. But if so, you know, the director has to take responsibility, you know, for the the actors. I mean, everybody has a role to play within yes. it. Yeah. And you know, films can run in a flat management system or they can run in a hierarchical system. And I think that, you know, experience brings a respect to hierarchy and experience also, you know, can make it sort of a much more smoother experience where you don't have to, where people aren't exerting status and, and you know, their roles. And, and it is, it's a, it's a collaboration, but that comes with, age it's like an experience you know about learning to delegate learning to trust you know reaching out for feedback you know asking other people's opinions of things I think when we're much newer we're, we're so afraid to share information mm. uh, or share our vision or share our opinion because we are terrified that we've got it wrong and actually there is no you know, right or wrong way. There, there's a way that works for your project and you have to find that way. But the the thing with the book, um, you know, it covers so many topics mm. from just making a short film to, you know, putting together a package, how to approach financiers, um, you know, working with, you know, actors, working with directors, you know, crewing up about the different kinds of paperwork, about the different elements of post-production, but also, you know, putting that package together, that finance plan together, it sounds so, um, you know, oh my God, a finance plan, what the hell does that mean? And, and I do, the kind of inspiration behind both books, and I, I have to start by saying, people are really, really helpful. Mm. You know, ask for advice, people are very good at giving it. Um, and I've had some great people to turn to in my life. But I remember once turning to somebody and asking them, you know, could could they help me with, with a finance plan? Oh, just tell me what it is. And they kind of at the face off me, and that's I don't know if that's an Irish expression or I get it though. <laughs> <laughs> I 
got me kind of, you know, about the audacity of me to think that I could put a finance plan together. And I'm, I remember just being really taken aback because I thought of this person as a friend. I actually still do. But I'm thinking, then when I actually, somebody sent me a finance plan and I realised it was, it was a tiny little grid <laughs> with, with, you know, and I think I put an example of it in the book, but it's, um, I hope I have, geez. Um, I'm, I'm looking through it right now going, have I? Um, it, basically, it's a tiny little grid that shows, you know, where the money's coming from, uh, what amount of money and what percent of the, of the budget it is. Uh, I just remember going, this is, and I just was really cross. And I thought, you know what? I never, I never want anyone else to feel that they can't, you know, find this information. So I basically put it all into a book. Mm. How to do a kind of production schedule, you know, things that, that seem really um, terrifying and you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. But at the same time, if you don't know what you're doing, then just ask around. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward um, thing to do. And, and that's what kind of inspired the book, just to make sure that no one else had to kind of feel put down by asking a question. Sometimes, you know, people don't have the time to give you the answers. Hmm. So, you know, there is... That. No, no, but, but I, think, I think it's the... If you don't know what you don't know, then sometimes even a, bo- a book like this can, can help you even structure the question when you're at the beginning of this journey, can't it? Because you're you're given a get you you're acting like a gatekeeper to the lingo as much as anything as much as the practical experience and getting it done. Because when you don't know what you're asking for, you can't ask for it, can you? Yeah. I did put in the finance but I had a little moment of panic where that was on page seventy. I'm like scrolling through the book going, did I fucking put it in? Oh don't sorry. Um, um did I put it in there? And I thought, God I better have put that in there. Well, I did put it in there, yeah. Now, you, you said you, you, I was going to say, you said you, you, you spoke to a lot of people and, 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 and sort of gathered advice. And when I, was look, when I was reading through it, it sort of, it, it gives you that sense of, of, um, of, of, the, of people's different, common, unique experiences. So it's like everybody's, it's, you, can, you can sort of read between the lines and see the commonality between what people are saying. But you can also... Um, you can also see where you begin to see how no route to making a film is ever exactly the same. As much as there's sort of a pattern to it, there's also the unique and difference between each film that gets made, isn't there? That yeah. I think comes clear and from your book. Has a different, you know, every film has, or every project has its own unique um, requirements and you have to, you know, look at what that is. Hmm. And I, you know, there's also, there's a large element where people guesstimate and you know this this is a non-exact science you know there is a there is a formula to it it's like it's a bit like raising children you know you've got to clothe them you know you've got to educate them and you know you've got to feed them and when they're babies you've got to change their nappies but that doesn't mean that they're the same babies do you know what i mean true like, true you know and, and that's you know and, and everybody has their own parenting style or filmmaking style you know um there are people who, you know, it's it's the difference between, you know, Andrea Arnold and Ken Loach, but both of them have, you know, you can see what they do with their films. You can see their their unique voices and their unique styles, but you know, when you go to a Ken Loach film, what you're going to see, and with an Andrea Arnold film, what you're going to see. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, 
in terms of how you present the information, like you've already mentioned that you, you give sort of illustrations of, 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 uh, of things like, like, uh, like for budget and financing and stuff. But it's, it's interesting how, and it's, it's similar, it's, it's the same as the screenwriting, but in the sense that you bring in the sort of your thoughts and experiences, you then add in the experiences of others that you find appropriate to that subject matter you're covering. Um, and I mean, just, just, just shouting off headings from your, from your content. You, you've got shorts, developing and packaging a movie, financing, scheduling, budgeting, and A to Z of production, crewing up paperwork, post-production and delivery, marketing, festivals, sales companies, directing and self-distribution. And it's obviously, they're, they're big, wide areas. And then what's great about the Rowcliffe Notes books is literally the Rowcliffe Notes. <laughs> which is the the bolded the bolded bullet point checklist, which weirdly reminds me of um, there's a there's a book on storytelling by um, Scott Tobias called Twenty Major Twenty Master Plots, and in a same in a similar way, he kind of groups together examples and and people who've done that kind of story, and at the end, he gives you like a checklist as to as to things to remind yourself. And it's not rules as such, is it? It's more like, consider these if this is what you're doing. I'm sorry, you've, you've shattered my, my ego. I thought I was the only person who did that. <laughs> sorry, for, no, but it is, it's a really, it's a really... I'm joking, that's the whole point of it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's in its simplest form, I try to distill it down into bullet points. And it's, it's just a checklist. You don't have to do it this way. Just sometimes knowing that it can be done a certain way, you know, it's, it's knowing, it's not knowing what the rules are. It's just, all I'm trying to do is, is support people and help people to make them feel empowered to be able to do what they need to do. Mm. And it's great. It is also great fun figuring it out as, as you go along and you will end up doing that anyway, naturally. But yeah, the style is very much, you know, I interview people. I mean, the first book, I kind of went a bit crazy. I had 30, in, 30 kind of interviewers, mm. the interviewees that I'd done. And I thought, God, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. So I then kept interviewing people. And then when I was doing up the, the kind of list of contributors, I had 130 contributors. So <laughs> I kind of went a bit crazy. So the book, the first book's quite thick. And then, and it's got everybody from commissioners through to, you know, um, filmmakers and up and coming writers and but the second book I was kind of much more um sort of I, I thought well a I didn't have the time because um I um I, my, my, my career is 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 quite sort of busy at the moment and I was also doing a Netflix uh, original and it was so that it was very hard to find the time to finish this book and, and actually something happened at the beginning of making the book, well, writing the book when I was nearly done with it, is that a friend of mine got very ill. And I dedicated, I dedicated the book to him. Um, he was a really generous um, screenwriter that always made time. Owen uh, Rogers, he always made time for other screenwriters. So I kind of put the book to one side for a while and then came back to it. So I didn't have time to interview a lot of um, filmmakers. Um, so I was quite particular in and targeted in the people that I chose. But also, this book is kind of different because if you want a VisFX supervisor, you go directly to a VisFX supervisor. And the same for a post-production supervisor. And one of the things, uh, another one of the things that I really wanted to bring out in the book is that so many people are preoccupied with the shoot that they actually forget about the edit and the post-production. And in the edit, you, you remake the film again. And then in post-production, you know, there's a whole aspect of that. There's, there's the picture and there's the sound 
and you know there's music and there's there's effects and sometimes we think about these things too late and also delivery delivery materials um, and publicity materials and marketing materials all the things you should be thinking about in the prep of the film before you shoot it that you don't give due consideration to when you're starting out and so I thought it's a great way to put all of that into one place and um, so for each section I mean I, I can't tell you about this effects I know what they are but I haven't a clue about how to do I mean I don't know the difference between 2d and 3d and I'm sure there's some other expression, and God forbid me. You're in good company, all right. <laughs> it's kind of a bit like it's a bit like like a foreign language to me. So you know, I had to go out and find these people, and luckily I'd worked with some of them, and get them to come in. And it was really great to hear how many of them have actually worked with new and um, you know emerging filmmakers on their first feature films or short films, and how prepared they are to give up their time and energy um, and to just even give you advice, you know, and and, uh, and that's that's something that, that I hope the book gives people is the inspiration to know that if they don't know about something, there's you can dip in and out to the areas that you feel you you need help on. Yeah, no, and it was, it's interesting. There's a, because I think, I think it, there's no doubt that it's, to see to see the world to see the idea of you, somebody somebody says hey let's do this idea for a film and you go okay let's write a script for a film which in very practical terms I think most people can see that part of the process sort of when they when they go into this but things like the the, the post production the marketing publicity side of things a, a, fr a friend of mine did um, was one of the um, was one of the people on distribution rewired that Beatrice Newman does up at Edinburgh. And so he was sitting down with filmmakers who had finished films and he he was surprised how many had not considered their audience yet they'd made a film. And it seems like such a such an obvious thing to think about, but obviously in the in the white hot heat of trying to get a film made and financed, it's 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 may it's maybe is easier than you think to lose sight of it. And and a book like yours can act as that reminder that actually this is still important, even though you might think you're you're racing to um, to a standstill trying to get the thing made. You actually do have to set time aside and thought about about who the film is for if you're going to make it. Yeah, I, I also think that there's an element of that 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 just comes with the learning process of making a film, which is why shorts are really. And I'm not saying that everybody should start making a short and then go to features. It's you know it's your choice. Mm -hmm. what, one is more can be one more expensive than another, but um, with shorts, when you take a short, you consider what festivals you're going to send it to. Um, I always start with the BAFTA-approved festival list, and I start submitting it through that. I also, the first thing I do is register it with um, the British Council, and I know that Wendy talks about um, that on her um, on her podcast with you, and that's mm. a really good uh, podcast to listen to about festivals. But when you start with that, you start to understand that you'll need to provide stills, you'll need to provide um, a dialogue list, um, and the reason why you provide a dialogue list, and that's like the script with timelines as it appears in the film, is that if your film goes to a foreign festival, they have to do subtitles. Mm. So you know it's. It, it's pretty simple, you know, how that, that works. And then, you know, still so they can market it, a full credit list of all the people who are in it, the actors, the director, the producer, 
Um, and another thing, just to, to point out about that, which some people don't talk about, is more often than not, it's just the director that gets invited to the festivals on shorts, not necessarily the producer or the writer <clears throat> or the cast, which can be quite frustrating by times, but that's just how it is. Um, oh gosh, I've forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> We, we were just we were just talking about the, the notion of the audience, yeah. the audience. But then, but you were you were you were sort of using shorts as a as a way of, I guess, learn to appreciate the value of the audience or the, the value of thinking about the audience when you're making it. Yeah, and sometimes your film will start to be picked up by certain festivals, and you think you've made a nice little sort of drama, tragic, tragic, tragic drama. And next thing you know, horror film festivals are picking it up and uh, and he didn't realize that's what you made and that can happen you know it can happen early on but with features and, and with shorts too you really need to think what kind of film is this and first of all you, the easiest way to think about it is it a comedy is it a horror is it a thriller is it a drama and does it make people laugh does it make people cry does it scare people mm. then you start to be able to look at what audiences are attracted to what elements or does it have you know um a certain type of actor in it um what are the themes that are, that are running through it and you can't just assume that everybody's going to go and see your film because they won't um but yeah a lot of people don't think about their audience and it's the first time you know that's the first question that i ask a writer well, you know, who who have you written this for? And it's fine if you want to make films for yourself. I mean, that's absolutely fine. But, you know, I've committed to a career, um, not just, you know, m my own value of making films. It, mm. It's just, this is this is how I make my living. Yeah, it's uh, there's the I can I can certainly speak from experience. There's nothing. There's no 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 emptier void than than never hearing and or being rejected for festivals as you go and beginning to learn where or when, where doesn't your short film fit. <clears throat> Truth be told. And it's hard that people don't love your baby as much as you do. <laughs> you know, of course, yeah, no, I mean, I don't take it, it's hard to take it personally, but it's still, it still is, a, it's a rude awakening, isn't it? Is, is what is, I guess what I, I feel like I've appreciated now is that, um, uh, I think I was saying this before we started recording. It's like it's it's nobody is waiting for you to make these films in a sense. No, no, they're absolutely not. And and you know you the word commercial seems to be terrifying to people, but all it means is bums and seats. Mm. No, that's all it means. It means people sitting down and watching what you've made. A large proportion of people, and it's also that your financiers and be it you or the bank of mom and dad, um, those that love you, um, that, you know, that they get their money back. No one's just going to hand you money to to do what you want with. I mean, it just, life doesn't work like that. True. Now, that, that's a, that gives us a nice segue into uh, sort of pulling these things together. Uh, a, a bit you wanted to draw attention to when we were talking about this as we were preparing to do the podcast was sort of funding applications and putting the pitch together. Um, and I was interested to sort of, there's a few things that I picked up sort of looking through that section um, is um, in the early part of it, um, just, just simply Helen Simmons advice is to just keep going um, in terms of where, where you're going to try and get as part of the, the, the journey of trying to get things to, made. Uh, 
Ray, Ray Pantanki saying, uh, enjoy yourself, which again seems seems obvious to say, but uh, is it harder to do sometimes? Um, well, yeah, that, that, that is one thing. I actually had a conversation with Stephanie Lang, who directed your place for you, hmm. uh, and we did together a couple of years ago. And one of the pieces of advice we both got is celebrate every little triumph, celebrate every, every time an actor comes on. So, because actually it's so bloody hard. I mean, honestly, it's like calling up a hill on your knees on glass sometimes just to try and get this thing made mm. get it off the ground that you have to celebrate every little moment that because there it's, it's really stressful. I mean, I, I thrive on that, but it's, you know, there is a lot, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it and you must enjoy those, those little glory moments. Yeah. Cause it, it cause what comes through sort of dead clear is, is, uh, the idea of doing, um, and what I mean by that is that I see this a lot with, uh, when I'm in writers groups and certainly a lot of sort of online writers forums. And I think it, it, I think you can sort of apply it to people that might want to get into producing is that a lot of people obsess over the noun producer, writer, and not the verb producing or writing as much. And it's sort of like, once you realise it's about producing and about writing, then you can get on with doing it, as opposed to imagining being one, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I was, as, from, a, from, a, from a kind of sort of pitch, preparing the pitch and, and everything, it's like, it, it, you, you say that the, the script will carry the film from start to finish, but, but how, does, how does that begin to sort of, break down in terms of when you're getting people sort of trying to get people interested in, 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 in the film from, from what you, you sort of say in the book for you. You mean, how do you get people to engage with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, given, I mean, examples in the book, it sort of, it, it takes you right down to sort of like, you know, producer meeting his director for the first time, which I thought was a really sort of illuminating bit. Cause, cause I never think about it from, from a producer point of view of like, who the hell is out there? <laughs> you kind of you kind of think you're you're trying to get you, you feel like from 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 a kind of writing or director side you feel like you're waving going notice me notice me and then you kind of go and then you've got from the producer side the way it's sort of written is like right okay I've got to find ways and strategies of getting to find the talent that I want to work with yeah yeah well I mean look I I believe that you know if we go if we if we leave the pitching and and packaging side for one second mm. it's about the pairing. Mm. And the pairing of a writer, director, producer. Don't be flattered when somebody wants is interested in your work, um, because they may not be the right person for you. And um, I think it really starts with you know sometimes people bring me projects. Sometimes I have to go out and look for them. Mm. Um, you know the more kind of training initiatives that you apply to, like if if Film London are running. Uh, a microwave um, sort of open day where you can go along and, you know, listen to how it's put together, listen to some people, you know, talking about their experiences. You know, look around you, who you're sitting next to, and just say hello to people. Uh, or, you know, just, you know, even the, the London Screenwriters Festival, all these different kind of initiatives. If you're going to festivals like Galway, um, Glasgow, Bristol, um, you know, Brief Encounters, go out there and meet people and watch their films, read their work, and you'll start to build up a little network of people. And sometimes somebody will suggest you for something. So making a short film through a scheme 
is a great way to meet other filmmakers. Um, you know, I, I've met some Susan Jacobson. I met when we did um, film back in the days of the UK Film Council. Mm. Uh, we, which is now the BFI is the latest iteration of that. And um, we met way back then. I mean, I, I don't want to say how old I am, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a long time ago. And, you know, we've worked with, together quite a lot. And we met, we weren't even working on the same short films. It was a completion film that they had back then. We And so we, we happened to meet through that. And it's been an amazing way to find people and collaborate. So you, you first of all, you get to know people. People get to know you. And they recommend people. And you meet up. And it's a courtship. You have to, do you want to spend three years of your life with somebody? Because that's how long it takes, you know. That's been and, the rude awakening for me. Um, which I'm quite happy with because I, I, I think I enjoy working relationships when they're good. So I, I understand that takes time. But, um, and, and I, I did, um, I did the sources too, you know, the, the script development program. Yeah. Which hopefully we'll still get access to if, 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 if Britain at least remains in Europe. Um, <clears throat> and I met a Singapore producer, which obviously I never would have met walking down the streets of East London. And ended up doing reads for them and polishes for them, which all came about because we were we were in a room together for seven seven hours a day for five days, um, and we just liked the cut of each other's jib, as it were. Well, that's just it, and I will come back to the pitch and the package, but just yes. you know, doing doing um, courses that are attached to film festivals are wonderful because you get to see the films, you get to meet the filmmakers, you get to be in an environment and you feel like a filmmaker at that point. And it's that confidence, you know, and that assurance that you're in the room with others, like-minded people that, you know, that's really wonderful and really empowering and, and just, you know, and, and reassuring that, that yours is not the only kind of frustrating experience. Cause it is about hurry up and wait, you know, <laughs> None of us, none of us are, you know, I mean, I'm not the perfect producer, I'm, you know, we're all flawed human beings, but sometimes we, we get together and we find somebody else who has, you know, just a similar sensibility to you and gets you. Mm. No, that was, a, that was something that I felt really strong about listening, listening to, sorry, listening, reading, reading what people were saying is it's, it, it's interesting to see that it's almost like talents are given. But actually, if I'm going to work with you for three to five years, then actually chemistry and similar tastes become probably more important because the reason we're talking is because we think we can make a film. Then it's like, should we make a film is more the important question to answer, isn't it? Yes. And are you the right pairing? I mean, there's been times when I've been with somebody and I'm not the right pairing for them. Mm. And they're the, not the right pairing for me. And, and, you know, these things happen. And it's not the end of the world. It's just, it hasn't worked out with that person. And it's plain and simple. No, indeed, no. I mean, I've, I've, I think I'm... And, and I, think it's, I think it's a comment from, from Ben Blaine, the guy, one of the directors of uh, Nina Forever. He, he talks about when he met his producer of Nina Forever, which was in a completely different context. They tried to develop a completely different film. And then during the sort of like, maybe this is too expensive to, for us all to make, he presents the producer with his idea for Nina Forever. Now, at this point, they've now enjoyed a you know, get-to-know-you period, as it were. And then that producer suddenly now sees the, is able to see the potential because she can also see who they are as the Blaine Brothers, as, a, as, as directors. And I thought, and it's sort of like that unpredictability of, of how the relationship grows 
is hard to see without the passage of time um, in terms of... Okay, Sandra, Sandra is a wonderful producer who has been making, who had made shorts around the same time that I was making shorts. Mm. And, you know, she's always been committed to this as a career. Um, you know, she's fantastic. And, yeah, they did start out trying to make something else together. And then, you know, Nina came about, which is wonderful. And they did something very clever as well with their crowdfunding. Hmm. They actually crowdfunded for a particular scene or sequence, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, because they they couldn't afford they couldn't afford the vis effects for that particular sequence. So they just crowdfunded to raise money for that, that sequence. Hmm. And I thought, that was really clever actually. You know. So if we fast forward into uh, a working relationship, we found the right people. We're all we're all enjoying the collaboration, okay, and we can. Could... What do we do? <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I said, and we're having a great time. Now, what do we do? <laughs> who, who, who asked? Who's the first one to ask that question? <laughs> well, I think you should be asking it from um, day one, and it is it is a producer's job yeah. to kind of yeah. you know have the ability to multitask, have the ability to communicate and also drive the film forward. Mm. And, you know, there's a bit of an entrepreneur, there's a bit of a financier head and a bit of a creative head behind it. But, you know, you you have your project and you need to be able to take it out to get financiers. And people aren't just going to give you money on the street going, hey, I want to make a movie. You know, uh, it doesn't quite work like that. You need to kind of put together sort of a little pitch and a sort of package. You know, you need to know what your film's about. So I always suggest to people, 25 words synopsis, know what genre it is, who's the writer director, know what period it is, know what the setting is, what, what are the comparable films? And don't say it's not comparable to, because there are people want to know. Well, what are you thinking? You know, what is what is this film? And um, you know, if you say something like um, Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever well, he's going to get that it's a horror movie. Yeah. You know, um, if you say um, it's love story in a modern modern age, then instantly everybody knows that it's a tragic love story, you know, and I'm taking that from Irreplaceable You because that is a kind of tragic love story. Mm. But it opens at our grave, so it's not like I'm giving anything away. Yeah. Um, but you need to know what your film is. Um, and by listing, you know, just having that in mind, um, you know, about what those elements are, you know, think about what what is your film about, you know, and, and write it down and, and practice pitching it to your friends. You know, what kind of audience are you looking at is it a festival film is it an art house you know is it a kind of commercial film um you know what's the budget range you know is it a low budget film or not um you know what what are the films is it similar to in terms of tone and genre i mean do you have any cast attached now it's often very hard to get cast attached without a director and if you want to know what a director has done before they're going to sign up, mm. attaching themselves. So that's something you really need to have your director on board with. Some people think they can do it without them. Um, you know, you start to build up a sort of package with sort of visual references. Um, so, yeah, the very basic, sim simple way of putting a pitch together is a package together is one line synopsis. Bios are the key people, the writer, director, producer, um, any heads of department that you may have attached, any sort of cast that you have attached. Now, don't lie. 
don't say that somebody is attached when they're not, because you will get found out. It's a really small industry. Um, you know, if you're applying for sort of money from sort of Screen Ireland or the BFI or a Northern Ireland Screen, they'll kind of want sort of notes by the writer, notes by the director and notes by the producer. Mm. They may also ask you for, even on shorts, for a budget um, and a shooting schedule, maybe a production schedule. And if these things sound like they're really weird, I've actually included examples of them in the back of the book. I just wanted to mystify that process because you're looking at it and it's like, it's like being asked to eat an elephant, you know, in one day. It, it, it can be feel just so overwhelming. Um, you know, the director might put some pictures together of images of, you know, inspiration. Um, and those are the kind of things that you'll be asked to put together. But, you know, it's knowing what your film is, knowing what the style of it is. Um, you know, it's okay to make an art house movie that's not going to make its money back, but is going to do festivals. You know, it's, it's okay to, you know, want to make something that's commercial and that you see as being commercially viable. But you need to understand what those films are. And they're not necessarily the films that you and your mates in a room like. It's like, what are, look at the trades, look at Screen International, look at, at sort of films on IMDb, what their rating has been, what, what have they turned over in the box office, what awards have they garnered? Those are the kind of things that if you can't, if a film hasn't made its money back, but it's been a critical success, you know, places like, you know, Screen Ireland, the BFI, um, Northern Ireland Screen, Creative Scotland, um, you know, the film agency with all of these people, they may back somebody who's had a, a short film that's done a good festival round yeah. or done a, you know, done a couple of really good indie festivals and had a couple of good reviews. And that's where I think everybody should listen to Wendy Mitchell's podcast as well. You know, all of these, all of these, um, you know, all of these things are bonuses that you bring to the table. And you've got to think about everything as a kind of transaction. You know, it's, it's like, what, what are you, when, if I'm to meet you as a writer, Stuart, what are you offering me? Is it a project? Is it a project that fits in with with the kind of things that I want to make? So if you brought a documentary to me, you can look at my credits. I don't have documentaries on my. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy them, but I don't. I don't make documentaries. And if you brought an animation to me, again, I don't make animated films. However, there are other producers who do documentary, live action, and animation. I'm just not one of them. So know who it is that you're, you know, you're bringing this project to. Um, and I've slightly digressed, but it is, it is. No, 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 no so it, it all makes sense. Cause I mean, in a, in, in, if, if you go just back, if I try and go back on what you just said, um, and try and summarize, it's like, it's like you, you as a team, if it's the, if a producer, writer and or director, um, plus any other sort of, um, people you've got packaged up with it, if you've got actors and stuff is, when you're talking to a new audience, whether that be an investor, a sales agent, a director of programming for a prestigious festival, if you can't explain and therefore give information for them to take away that doesn't say why you want to make this film and what, what the film's about, you're just basically saying, it's, it's like saying to somebody, I want to make a film, and then they're going, all right, well, go on then. <laughs> Whereas if you, can, if you present something that communicates clearly 
why this film and why now, yeah. then, then you're kind of, you, it doesn't guarantee you success, but it at least means the conversation is simpler because A, people can understand your clarity and no, no, right away it's for them or not for them as much as anything else, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, in a, I mean, my slate is pretty clear and, and my style of what I do in terms of film it's pretty clear. I, I have chosen to work with a specific group of filmmakers and I'm not in a place anymore where I'm, I have a lot of first time directors that I'm working with and that's enough for me. Um, you know, I'm also developing the work of the directors who I've worked with before, their, their second features. And we're really, you know, it takes so much energy for me to spend the time dedicated to them. And I do BAFTA Rockliffe and I've written a book and I've been producing mm. um, a lot of big sort of TV lately. Yeah. You know, my time is pretty limited. So I'm not I'm not the right person for people to approach at the moment because I'm busy, but I'm not the only, you know, mm. producer in town. And you can find other people. You know, I could recommend other people. Other producers can recommend other people. Look at look at the films that have been nominated for BAFTAs recently. For the Biffers, who are the producers that have been just recently selected, or directors or writers, who've recently been selected by the Eye Features, who were shortlisted, not necessarily chosen to make the, those films. Same for Michael. Who are the people that are getting on the shortlist? Because, you know, they'll be looking for a project and they'll be hungry for a project. And you two might have the same hunger. So, you know, you have to do your research. You have to go out there and do the legwork. Um, I find it I find it really hard sometimes, particularly when I was I was starting out to find those right people and to find in, including financiers and approach people. But it kind of dawned on me no one else is going to do it for me, and so I I kind of locked myself away for a day or two, and literally just spend time watching people's shorts. You know, this is when I I wasn't you know where I'm now watching people's shorts, looking yeah. at the of people who were um, nominated um, for various different festivals and awards and then just reaching out to them and saying, hey, would you like to meet for a coffee? And, you know, not everybody got back to me, but a lot of people did. And we met and it was really nice to talk to people and some I've ended up working with, some I haven't, some I really wanted to work with and they were too busy. And, you know, it, it just, that's how I found people. And invariably, that's how other people find people too. So don't be afraid to reach out to somebody and ask them for a coffee um, or a cup of tea or water or whatever <laughs> floats your boat. Um, but also, don't be offended when people say no. Brilliant. Now, that's uh, amongst many other bits of advice that, that is uh, sound. Uh, do, you want, do you want to remind people, uh, name of your book and when people can get it? Yes. It's called A Guide to Low-Budget Filmmaking. It's um, part of the Rockliffe Notes series. You can pre-order it on Amazon, I believe, or from um, Creative Essentials, and it is coming out on the 24th of September. And the big thing that I advocate everybody is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It hurts, and it's bloody woeful when people say no. And, you know, it's um, uh, <clears throat> it's not the easiest thing to do. But no one else is going to do it for you. Well, look, thank you very much for your time on the Britflix podcast. It's been really, really insightful. Thank you for having me. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. 
If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Or if you want to help me out directly, there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. And the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.